Hello, this is your host, Dana Schaefer. Welcome to the Shadow Society, where I will share creepy, true stories. We meet each week right here, and if you have a true story you'd like to share about ghosts, cryptids, demons, head scratchers, time slips, stalkers, close calls, intruders, and more, if it's creepy and it happened to you, we want to hear it. And it might just be included in one of the next meetings of the Shadow Society. Send them to shadowsocietypodcast at gmail.com or check the links in the description. Now on to the stories. Dim the lights, light a candle, and remember, don't let the shadows in. This happened not long after I got married to my husband. We lived in a trailer on his family's property next door to the house that he grew up in and where his parents still lived. Small things had happened in the trailer that I was sure was a ghost, but my husband didn't believe in such things and didn't really listen to me about it. And besides, it wasn't an old trailer, and we'd never heard of a haunted mobile home. Well, he didn't believe until this one night. I had decided to go pick up some fast food from town for dinner because it was late and I didn't feel like cooking. I slid into my husband's car and started it. Out of habit, I looked into the rearview mirror, even though it was night and I was still in the driveway. I did see something, though. Sitting in the back seat was a stranger. It looked like an old woman with curly, short, white hair, glasses, and she was wearing a yellow plaid shirt. I immediately screamed and jumped out of the car. This was a stuff of nightmares. Was this person there to rob me, or worse, kill me? Was she crazy or lost? These things ran through my mind in a split second, but the thoughts came to a halt when I looked into the back seat, and there was no one there. The car was lit up from the overhead light, from the front door being open, and she hadn't ducked down to hide. The back door hadn't been open and shut either. Not only that, there would have been nowhere for her to hide outside of the car. She was just gone. It took all the courage I had to get back into that car and go ahead to town. I checked the back seat often, though. When I had told my husband about it after I got back home from getting the food, he asked what she looked like. When I described her, his face drained of all color, and he said, That's my grandma. His grandmother had died years earlier in his parents' house next door. When I was a little girl, somewhere between the ages of three to five, I saw things at night in my room. It was different people, thick white fog that would close in on me in my bed, and other things that I didn't understand and knew didn't belong there. I would be scared to death by what I saw, would end up screaming for my mom and dad, and would end up sleeping with them every night. They told me that I was having bad dreams or just seeing things. I got to where I was afraid of the dark. One night, I saw a man dressed in armor walk through my wall and stop to look at me before walking through my room and out the door on the opposite side of the room. I told my parents that a knight was in my room and ended up in bed with them again. Days or weeks later, my parents were watching a program about our area on the Texas Gulf Coast where Spanish conquistadors had crossed through on an expedition. When they showed an illustration of what the conquistadors had looked like, I was excited, because there he was. I knew I wasn't just seeing things. I said, that's the night. It's him. My parents believed me then, although they didn't tell me that until I was an adult. My husband used to drive a truck. 
He'd be gone for days at a time on long hauls. One time, while the kids were with my parents, I decided to join him on one of his trips. It was in the fall, so the weather was cool at night. At this time, a cool front had set in, and it was windy. We happened to be driving at night, probably 2.30 in the morning, in a part of Texas that has some serious hills and curves. We were going down a steep hill that went into a sharp curve at the bottom, which can be incredibly dangerous for a big rig pulling a loaded trailer. There's a chance that the heavy trailer can push the truck out of control, which can cause a horrific crash. Needless to say, we were on high alert and completely awake. We made it down the hill around the curve safely, but noticed a woman in the distance on the right side of the road walking towards us. She was easy to see because she was wearing what looked like a long white nightgown and her skin was very pale, almost as white as her gown. Her long, black, curly hair was wild, and it blew out around her head unnaturally in the wind. When we got close to her, I could see that she was barefoot. As we got even with her, she stopped and held her arms and hands out, as if to beckon us into them. I'll never forget the look on her face. Completely emotionless. Blank, really. The hair on the back of my neck and on my arms were raised. Something about the woman was completely unnerving and just wrong. After we were past her, we tried to rationalize it. We were near a mental institution, so we wondered if maybe she could have been an escaped patient. But when I had looked in the rearview mirror after we were past her, she was gone. There was nowhere for her to go, because it was a pretty open space where she had been standing, and I would have seen her walking in any direction. I still can't explain what we really saw. Maybe she was an escape patient, but something inside me has always doubted that. She wasn't, well, she wasn't natural. My parents, grandparents, and I had been working to clean out the old single-wide trailer I grew up in. My parents had sold it, and the trailer movers were coming in a couple of days to move it to its new lot. It was going to be home again to a young family. It needed to be fixed up, and it had sat empty for a few years. Well, empty except for some stuff that we stored there. My parents had told the new owners everything that needed to be fixed to their knowledge, and the couple was eager to get started. What my parents had left out was that the trailer was haunted. They were sure that the new owners were up to the task of the renovations, but to take on ghosts? They weren't so sure anyone would want to. And besides, most people didn't believe in ghosts, so maybe it wouldn't be a problem later on if they didn't know that they were there to begin with. Maybe they would rationalize away anything out of the ordinary that happened in the house. When we had finished cleaning the trailer out and scrubbed it from floor to ceiling, we had worked a long couple of days on it, so we decided to go out to eat instead of Mom cooking that evening. When we got back home later that night and pulled into the driveway, we saw a light shining in the small kitchen window. Mom said that we must have forgotten to turn it off. She and Dad seemed a bit hesitant to go in, though, although they probably wouldn't admit that they were. I volunteered and stated that I wasn't scared to go in there at night by myself. I was full of bravado. They watched me from the car, keeping the headlights on to light my path to the door. When I entered the trailer and started walking towards the kitchen, I muttered to myself out loud 
that I couldn't even remember where that particular light switch was. Immediately after those words left my mouth, the light went off with an audible click of the switch. I froze in place. No one was there with me. It was dead quiet until I heard a whisper beside me that I couldn't make out. I ran back to the door as fast as my feet would take me, slammed the door shut behind me, and then fumbled with the keys as I locked it before running full blast back to my parents. And that was the last time I ever set foot in the house that I grew up in. I never really was a believer in ghosts. I thought maybe angels could be real because of my religious beliefs, but not ghosts or hauntings, or any of that scary movie Halloween type stuff. My wife believed in ghosts. She said she'd seen and felt them around her her whole life. And it's not that I thought she was a liar, but I just didn't believe it was what she thought it was, maybe. But not long after we got married and moved in together, things I couldn't explain or ignore began to happen in our home. We heard voices and footsteps at night while we were in bed. We were alone in the house. Things would fly across the room and break, especially if we fought. And after we had our son, when he was old enough to talk, he began talking to and seeing someone who we couldn't see. And he was afraid of his room, didn't want to be in there by himself or sleep in there. The two experiences that finally had me admit that ghosts are real I'll never forget. I saw who my son talked to. One night after everyone had gone to bed and the house was quiet. I went to the guest bathroom to shave so I wouldn't have to get up earlier to do it in the morning before work. I began feeling like I was being watched. I looked in the mirror and right behind me, to my left a little, was a boy. He looked to be about nine or ten with black hair and dark eyes. He was dressed in what reminded me of a style kids wore in the 90s. His haircut also looked like that decade style, longer with a part in the middle. He was just watching me with interest. Not in a menacing way, but like a kid would watch his dad shaving. I quickly turned towards him thinking some kid had gotten to our house, but he was gone. I would have seen a kid run away. This one just disappeared. Months later, after my wife and son was in bed, I went to check the front door to make sure it was locked before going to bed myself. On my way back, I saw him again. This time he was sitting on the floor with his legs crossed beneath him, just staring at the TV. The TV was off, and it seemed like minutes I just stood there watching him, but it was probably only seconds before he disappeared, right before my eyes. Let me tell you, you may not believe yet, but ghosts are real. Since I was seven years old, Halloween has been my favorite holiday. While most of my family were already excited about what Christmas decorations to put up, I stayed busy trying to throw on my costume so I could run through my neighborhood with a stained pillowcase in hand. October 31st, 2010 changed my Halloween plans for the rest of my childhood and most of my young adult life. I was 10 years old at the time. We had concluded the Halloween party we threw for close friends and neighbors that year, 
Even as a kid, I knew that the air was thick with the smell of beer, hard liquor, and whatever other adult treat people brought for liquor treating. The Lipsons were still at the house. They were my parents' closest friends, so they stayed long after everyone else drunkenly waddled through the front door with their sober-enough-to-drive spouses and sugar-crashed children. To put up with the obnoxious and loud party for two families, I sat in the music room by myself and counted my candy earnings for the night. About twelve wrappers into counting, I heard a knock on the front door. I found this odd because we turned the front porch light off once most of the party had left. I figured maybe it was either some kid who was late trick-or-treating, a greedy kid trying to get some extra candy, or maybe even a party guest who forgot something. Looking back, I should have let my parents, or even one of the Lipsons, open the door. But I was a kid, and it was the one night a year where strangers knocking on your door all night is normal. That was the other thing. They knocked. All night, there have been kids ranging from my age to young adults. Not one of them knocked on my door, but rather, they just rang the doorbell. When I stood up, I grabbed the mask I had worn all night. I didn't put it on all the way, though. It smelled like sweat, spit, and warm breath. I went to open the front door, my mask resting on the top of my head and a half-empty bowl of candy the neighborhood kids had picked apart like sugar vultures all night, balanced in one hand. Before I could get to the door, the three knocks that scared me enough the first time repeated. It made me jump so hard that my mask fell off of my head, and I had to stabilize the candy bowl with my other hand. The adult conversation happening in the other room had silenced to my ears. All I could focus on was what was on the other side of my door. Finally, I swallowed my fear and crept the door open. In front of me, I could see a man, not a kid. I'm not entirely sure if it was a teenager, though. He wore a glossy blue skull mask with a black robe covering the rest of his body. I would have held the candy bucket out for him, but he was in the middle of my lawn. How could he have knocked on my door, I thought to myself. All I hear are the crickets screaming in the dark bushes and the man in the mask breathing slowly. Um, do you want some candy? I nervously mutter out. From the middle of my lawn, I see the man in the mask tilt his head slowly and his breathing stops. I'm not sure how long we stood there, me at the doorway and him dead still in the darkness. I was frozen in fear. I waited for him to move, for him to breathe again, or at least just walk away. I go to turn on my front porch light to get a better look at him. I think maybe if I can see more, I'll be able to tell if it's just one of my friend's brothers trying to scare me. I lean back into the house and flip the light switch upwards, before I can look back into my yard to check if the man in the mask is someone I know. I hear him breathing again. It's different, though. He's excited. I look out and I see him walking towards my house with his head tilted still. Does he want the candy in my hand? Before I can answer that question, I see a shadow out of the corner of my eye. My head dashes to the left and I see another man in a mask walking to me from the side of my house. I look back at the man in my yard. 
He's on my walkway in front of my house and walking with more haste. It seems as if he knows he doesn't have much time to get to me, so he knew he needed to speed up. This was the first time I was put into a situation in which I had to think on the fly. But even with my mind screaming at me to close the door, my body stood stiff in fear. I assumed it was some stupid prank, but by the time the men in the mask got to my door, I slammed it shut and locked them out. I stood on the other side of the door with my back pressed firmly against it as if my petite 70-pound body would do anything against two grown men. On either side of my front door, there were skinny windows. I peeked out to see what they were planning on doing, but there was no one there, not so much as a shadow running away from my house. After that, I didn't enjoy trick-or-treating too much until I matured and started enjoying scary movies more than most people should. That being said, I still loved Halloween more than any holiday, but I spent it trying to throw parties in my young adulthood or watching a scary movie with my older sister. I've done that every year for the last decade. I recently turned 20 back in September of 2020, but I fear that this year is going to be different. Back in July of this year, a double homicide occurred in my town. A man was shot twice over by the town cemetery, and the suspect was never caught, but he wore a mask. Three months after it happened, the start of October, I was home alone at night while my parents were out on a date. I had just bought myself some guitar wall hangers and hung them up earlier that day, so I was feeling good. I was eating leftovers for dinner downstairs around 9 p.m., and my quaint little dinner for one was interrupted by a loud bang, followed by the sound of wood bouncing on the hard floor. I immediately assumed the guitar hangers on my wall collapsed and my acoustic guitar shattered, so I ran to the front of my house where the music room is. Once I turned the corner... I see something far more upsetting to me than the shrapnel of my acoustic. My front door was wide open. The wood I had heard was part of the door frame that was ripped off when the door was kicked in. I'm 20 years old, and at this point in my life, I had gone through many situations in which I had to be the brave one. I went to get my Louisville slugger bat and then carefully crept to my front door. I saw no one again. The only evidence I had that anyone was by my house was a shoe print in the center of my door. Reluctantly, I stepped outside to look for more evidence on what happened. Then, I saw something in my yard. It was so dark outside, I couldn't even make it out. I walked over to it to see what I'd lost in the grass earlier in the day, because that's what I assumed it was. After picking it up, I dropped it and sprinted back into my house to call the police. I went into my room and locked the door because my front door couldn't even close anymore. I waited in the center of my room, a 20-year-old man clutching onto a baseball bat and frozen in fear until the red and blue lights shined through my window. The police came in and questioned me about what had happened. I gave them every answer I could about everything except for one small detail that I didn't know. Who does this mask belong to, son? Halloween is coming up soon, and I don't know what my plans are this year, but I do know one thing for sure. I'm not answering the door this time. Thank you for coming tonight.
I hope you enjoyed these true stories and will join us again next week. If you did like it, please subscribe and share with your friends. Feel free to leave a review. And remember, we'd like to hear your stories too. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram. This concludes this week's meeting of the Shadow Society. Until next time, don't let the shadows in.